0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Back now to the Six Rings podcast feed. And first of the year, Six Rings and Prospect Things with our friend Chris Scheim Time Shime. From the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. I am your host, Andy Jumbo Hart, as you can see on the screen if you're watching on our YouTube feed. And we are about to embark on a month-long process of breaking down each and every position of prospects heading into the NFL Draft from a Patriots perspective. Chris Scheim and I have done this in the past in various other podcast forms. We both uh, really enjoy the lead-up to the NFL Draft. And with the Patriots so. holding the number 14 pick, in the first round this year, they are certainly in the mix for some of the top talent at all the various positions. But for the first foray into these six rings and prospect things, we are going to start at an exciting position, wide receiver. Yes, sir. So first, and, first and foremost, Chris, Shime, Shatsy, Shartsy, whatever we were on the radio, <laughs> I'll stay away from that, even though we can say whatever we want on a podcast. How, given the offseason, given mm-hmm. what happened last year, then given the offseason where Jacoby Myers, your leading receiver for the last three-plus years, gone, goes to the Raiders. You bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, who obviously statistically has more upside, has a uh, 1,400-yard, 100-catch season on his resume in Pittsburgh, but also is at his best when he's surrounded by an elite talent, whether it's Travis Kelsey out in Kansas City or Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. You still have Devontae Parker. You still have Kendrick Bourne, who... I'm hoping slash guessing with Bill O'Brien now running the show may have a chance for a bounce back year. And maybe most interestingly, you bring back a second round pick from a year ago in Taquan Thornton, who in, in general sense, you should be hoping should have a big breakout year, right? Second round pick, fastest guy at the combine. You should have hope. Now, I'll be honest with you, and you can jump in here as I say this. I don't feel a lot of hope surrounding Tyquan Thornton and Patriot nation. I don't feel a lot of buzz or people that are like, yeah, he's so fast. He knocked the rust off last year. He figured <laughs> it. Like I, I don't feel any buzz for Tyquan Thornton. And I think that's part of why the position still feels like a big need.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent to me, this is absolutely still a need on the Patriots. They don't have a legit number one guy. It's, you know, it feels like one of those years where, you know, Tom Brady just kind of had to make do with what he was given. And he doesn't, he didn't, There's no Gronk on this team. There's no Edelman on this team. Hell, I don't even think there's a Dion branch on this team. And so you look at it like, you know, this is, it feels more like a Rache Caldwell led Patriot receiver core. Like this is not maybe a little, yeah, you know, well, uh, harsh is the reality and if it's true, it's never mean. So I, yeah. And it's just, it feels lackluster uh, you know, I know Tommy Curran thinks that if Taequann Thornton takes a step forward, like this is a great receiving core, or like it, it, good enough weapons. I disagree. I also don't think that you can say with any semblance of confidence that Taequann Thornton is going to take any kind of step forward. Like right, there was That's nothing, a big if. right? Yeah, it, there was nothing last year that indicated that he could do that. Well, and, I will say I liked him
0: coming out of camp and then I stopped liking him as soon as we left camp. I saw yeah. nothing after that that I had any. In fact, I saw more warts to his game in terms of a guy who seemed to be afraid of contact, who dropped balls over the middle, who maybe it was after the injury. Maybe that was coming back from the injury, kind of messed with his head and his contact. And, you know, I know he's put some photos on social media. He's trying to add a little weight and that's great, whatever. Um, But in a sense, I agree with Tom and I don't agree with Tom if Tyquan Thornton is a number one receiver, if he has a breakout second season and catches like 85 balls for 1400 yards, then yes, I think they have a pretty good offense. Cause then I think Parker, what is the
1: percentage chance of that? One. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's (laughs) my point. Like there's been no, there's no evidence to even suggest that he would take a step into being a number two receiver. No, like you need, you need to just hope he's a number three. And, and, and and so I don't think he is right
0: now. I think Parker Juju and Bourne are better. 100%
1: agreed and and I don't even think they're all that great
0: no they aren't and and that's part of the problem is the complementary weapons which um, put even more pressure on Mac Jones he already has a ton of pressure for a lot of reasons but if you tell me he has to make the perfect read and the perfect pre-snap assessment every play he can't just rely on like Brady did for so many years well you know it's starting to hit the fan out here I think I'm just going to go to Edelman or I think I'm just going to go to Gronk's double covered but
1: I'll throw a ball down the seam, and he'll one-hand catch it, and we'll get a first down and move on. And then I'll
0: say, how the F did you catch that, and we'll go celebrate together. Mac doesn't have that luxury yet, and that's where we get into the draft because if they want to, the Patriots could very well get the, maybe the best receiver in the draft if they choose to, depending on how things shake out with the quarterbacks and the tackles and the cornerbacks. There's no saying that at 14 you might not get the number one receiver on the board. There may be no receivers taken before you, and that's a good or a bad thing. Because I don't think this year there is a um, consensus number one wide receiver. I think there's a lot of receivers people like. There's going to be a handful that go in the first round. Certainly there's no Calvin Johnson or some ridiculous, oh, I got to have that Chase. Like, Yeah, no, that. no, 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 no. But it doesn't mean there aren't good receivers. So my first question for you, Chris Shime, mm-hmm. who's the best receiver in the draft? Who is Who should be the first receiver taken in the draft?
1: Uh, for me, it is... Clearly and evidently Quentin Johnston out of TCU.
0: (laughs) I love it because I think if you ask this question to a variety of people, you'll get different answers.
1: I I I, Yes, I completely agree. I think I I think Quentin Johnston, if he was to go like last year's comparing this to last year's class, which we got three good receivers right off the bat in Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, uh, two of which were in competition for rookie of the year, one of which won it. Uh, and one was on a jets team that, that had horrible quarterback play. So I look at Quentin Johnston and I think in that class, he would have probably in my opinion, been two after Garrett Wilson. Like that's how good I think Quentin Johnston is. Wow. I, I, I am very high on Quentin Johnston. I think he has without a doubt in my mind, the most upside out of all these guys, he's big, he's athletic. Like a lot of the issues with these players is they seem to fit a specific role and they're all the same frigging role. Whereas Quentin Johnston is a little bit more multiple, can be more of an X receiver, but also you can line him up in the slot. You can kind of do things, different things with him where I feel like other guys are much more kind of straightforward. Okay. So I don't love him. I, okay, I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance.
0: I think he is definitely prototypical in sort of like six four, two hundred plus 200 plus pound, like a big outside receiver can get down the field. Anybody who watched some of those TCU games and why they were good, he was a big part of the reason why they were good. For sure. Even in the uh, the ass whooping, he had one big play where he showed you, yeah, I, on any play, I can go the length of the field. Um, so I, I see why people like him. So I'm going to tell you, I came into this process thinking I was going to like Jordan Addison the most because I, I, I liked what he did at Pitt. He goes to USC, made some plays there. Numbers weren't as big. Two years ago was the Belitnikov, and I went in just, yeah. just having watched him on Saturdays, just highlight whatever. It was like I think I'm going to go in thinking Jordan Addison's the best receiver. I no longer do, and I'm a bit okay. of a sucker, and I will play to the local crowd. And you yeah. mentioned, oh the, okay, you mentioned a name earlier in Dion Branch. I think there is a rich man's Dion branch who uh, made plays at the Heights for the Boston College Eagles, who is going to have a better pro career than he did college career. I think Zay Flowers is a star in the making. I think he can do everything on a football field, not the prototypical size, but he's a route runner. He's a playmaker. He has that quickness early in routes and late in routes where you need it, either off the line or getting open to get the ball. That I think Dion Branch had right out the gates from Louisville. I have fallen in love with Zay Flowers, and I have issued an apology every time I've talked to him, uh, talked about him on the radio or on TV, to apologize for not really paying more attention
1: when he was at Boston College because well, it's hard. So it, I, I completely agree with you. I, it, To me, Zay Flowers would be my number two. Okay. Um, so I, I have him similarly ranked, and I think one of the things that I noticed when you just watch tape, like Djokovic sucks. And yet Zay Flowers was always open. Yep. He was he always found a way to get open. And even though Djokovic would underthrow it or make a bad throw, Flowers would adjust, he'd make a catch and he'd make something happen. And and I think that to me was like, oh wow, he's making, you know, lemonade out of a chicken bleep. And it's and he, mm-hmm. on top of being unbelievably athletic and explosive. Like, no, he's not big. He's only 5'9". He's only 182 pounds. But he runs a four four two forty, which is a solid speed. He's unbelievably quick. He's agile. I, I like the way he runs it and works in space. I think he has exceptional spatial awareness. And, and he yep. allows himself to find the openings, especially in zone defense. Um, and I understand why people have kind of compared him a lot to Tyler Lockett. I I get it. But I think that Zay is way more just the explosion level is way more with him than a guy like Tyler Lockett is just consistent and and precise whereas Zay I think the big play is is always there like he can work deep down the middle of the field with a lot of success I don't want to put this on
0: him because it's not fair to him but the kind of guys that I that enter my mind when I watch him are more like Antonio Brown Tyreek Hill yes like playmakers, absolute yep. effing play. And that's why I say like a rich man's Dion branch. Cause a, Dion branch was a good, not great receiver. I, I think there's way more big play upside with Zay flowers. Agreed. My, my question is, would you take either of these guys at 14? So you have Quentin, um, Quentin Johnson. Uh, Johnston at, at number one, I have Zay flowers. Would you take either of those guys? Cause I think Zay flowers, if he were a little taller and bigger, a, if you were a little taller and bigger, he might not last till 14 in the draft. He might be one of those guys that's now going like top six. Um, Would you take either of those guys at 14?
1: Uh, If I'm the New England Patriots, I would take Quentin Johnston. I would not take Zay Flowers. Unfortunately for the New England Patriots, Zay Flowers feels redundant to a lot of what you already have. I I understand that to some degree,
0: but I think he has a chance to be special. And I'm a big believer that special is special. I know that, you know, makes a lot of sense. No, I get you. Um, And I think we're going down that road of of modern NFL where, yes, the Calvin Johnson guy is the DK Metcalf or whoever you want to put is. But then you go, well, Tyreek does it his way. Debo does it his way. Uh, Devontae Smith is a twig. He does it his way. Like we have a lot of these receivers that are finding a way to do it their way and still be really great number one type receivers. And I think Zay Flowers has that potential. Then I think it's on the team to put his skills to use to give him the best opportunity to make plays. I I've grown into this and I'm going to release this for the first time only here okay. on the six rings pod. I have never said this or admitted this. And in fact, I've pushed back against this. I would take say flowers at 14.
1: You're a madman. Good for you. I mean, hey, like uh, power to you. Do I re- I, I respect you standing up for your guys. A, but I just, I can't do it. Like I, I think he's really talented and I think there's a lot of potential there, but for me, and a team like the New England Patriots, I thought he made so much sense for the Dallas Cowboys, but then today, not to timestamp this, they go out and grab, grab Brandon yep. Cooks. And I think Zay Flowers could just be, end up being a better version of Brandon Cooks. So I, it's, it's tough to kind of figure out exactly where he's going to land. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense for a team like the chargers who just needs speed and explosion yep. and um, a young receiver and a young receiver. And yep. I, I don't, first of all, I don't expect the Patriots to go receiver at 14, regardless of who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I definitely don't think Zay flowers kind of fits the mold that they would look for at that spot.
0: So you and I picked a couple guys. I think another um, guy that some Patriot fans, analysts draft, peeps would say is the best prospect for them would be Jackson Smith and Jigba who obviously battled injuries last year, but a year ago was as productive as anybody in college football is a slot guy is a quickness guy is a three cone type guy is a Patriot type receiver in that sense. I like him. I don't love him. I don't like I'm with you. I'm not sure what I don't love about him. And I think if he were a third-round prospect, I'd be madly in love with him. The fact that he's a first-round prospect is, I think, I, I I just don't see the necessarily the upside. I mean, he has highlight plays. That one catch he made two years ago in the back line of the end zone where it felt like his body was like five yards out of the end zone and he dragged his right foot, I think it was, got it yeah. down. like He can do some special things in terms of getting open at the the point and catching it. I just don't see him as a first round. I think you'll be meh if you draft him in the first round.
1: I'm looking at the Ohio State receivers that have come out the last few years. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Now you have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Next year, you're going to have Marvin Harrison Jr., who is an absolute stud, by the way. Uh, He will be number one on both of our lists, I would assume, probably next year. If I had to predict. Good chance. Um, So I look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, and when Justin Fields was still there and Olave and Garrett Wilson were still there, it felt like he was good, but because the other two guys were really, really talented. And so he didn't have to be, you know, a number one guy. And then you look at it with Stroud and I felt like Stroud was the one who made him better than he actually is. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, like when I look at Quentin Johnston, I think Quentin Johnston succeeded in spite of Max Duggan. Whereas I think someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison, even more so is succeeding because of his quarterback, because of a guy like CJ Stroud, because of a guy like Caleb Williams. Um, So for me, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba to me though. He's going to thrive against zone coverage. I I think he's really good with spacing. I think he understands how to break off routes and and just sit in, in open space, but against man coverage, I think he's going to struggle a lot. He feels very Jacoby Myers-esque to me in that a reliable possession receiver. Uh,
0: you can't see it, but it says Jacoby Myers in there.
1: Yeah, I literally. Have, that was I one know. of my notes. Yeah. Like He's not explosive. Jacobi? No. Against
0: zone, he'll get open and he'll catch the football. But the Patriots just told you what they thought of that kind of guy. That'll yep. just get open and catch footballs, but not be explosive, not make plays. He's fine. They'll use him while they can use him, but they're not going to overinvest in him. And the first round would be overinvesting.
1: And Jacoby Myers is a great fourth round, fifth round, sixth round pickup, or undrafted, undrafted in some <laughs> cases. No, I know. I'm just saying like in those right. rounds, like that's what you would target. But in the first round, I want upside. I want potential. And to me, I, I don't see it with Jackson Smith and Jigba quite like other people do. Yeah,
0: and I would say I just want to distance myself from you a little bit. I think Addison is better. Um, I think I Addison strongly can, disagree. Can be like a back end of the league number one, um, good two on on a, on a team. Uh, I do think he has some good body control. He's a little punky for my liking, which I don't. I think he has good hands, and I think the fact that he did it in two systems at two schools. Um, I like that idea of him making plays in various places. Do I think he's worthy of the top half of the first round? Nope. Do I think he's a stud all pro receiver? No, but my guess is he'll have some thousand yard NFL seasons in his future.
1: Yeah. To me, I'm kind of out on Jordan Addison altogether. Mm. Like, like on my board, he's just kind of a player that I don't necessarily want to draft. And if he succeeds elsewhere, good for him, but it's not a guy that I would be um, focusing a lot of my attention on. I was, disappointed with his combine uh when i watched the tape i I just see a less athletic version of juju which the patriots just signed for relatively inexpensive money um and i felt like constantly he was lacking separation he's he has an inability to separate and if you're unable to separate from college level corners well welcome to the nfl buddy you're gonna have an even harder time and to me I think that's a very big deal. And when you're unable to to separate and then you're, you know, 5'11", 173, you're not going to be out-muscling. You're not DK Metcalf, right? No. DK Metcalf can thrive even though he can't separate because he's just so big and friggin' strong. Whereas a guy like Jordan Addison doesn't have that. Uh, his first 40-yard time was like four five four. Ended up getting better the second time with a four four nine, 9", but which – I, I it's fine. You can think what you want about the 40 yard dash. I don't love Jordan Addison. I, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is just a better version of him.
0: Okay. For whatever reason, you just clicked in here on the six rings and football things prospect podcast. We are breaking down the wide receiver position in the 2023 NFL draft from a Patriots perspective. We've gone through the first uh, four or five big names, Chris Scheim. Who's next on your list? As we start to say, okay, Patriots didn't go first round receiver. Maybe they go second round receiver or at least day two receiver. Who's that next group of? Because I do think there are some interesting, seems like there's a lot of slot and possession type receivers in this draft in the middle. And it's funny because at some points in the Patriots' history, I think those guys would have made a lot of hay, so to speak, in the offense. Mm -hmm. If you're lusting after a true number one receiver, I'm not sure those guys are going to be that. They're going to add to just a depth chart of talented guys, second-tier guys. But who's next on your list, Chris Scheimer?
1: Yeah, next guy is another true X to me, and that'd be Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I believe he was the Koff winner as well. Yep. Six feet, 176, 4440. Uh, he is like if DK Metcalf only ran the 800 in track and never went to a weight room. Um, right. That's kind of what he is. And- I like him. Yeah, I do too. He's unbelievably fast, athletic, explosive, all those things. He doesn't have a lot of um, route running uh, savvy uh, in his repertoire, uh, but I think you can build off that. Like its I think this is the guy I would have targeted in the second round if I was the New England Patriots instead of a guy like Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan I, I wrote
0: better version of Tyquan Thornton.
1: Tyquan Thornton just runs really fast in a straight line. and is hit or miss catching the ball. Like I think Hyatt, you can run legit screen plays with him. He can evolve into a guy like DK Metcalf. I think he has that potential to me. Hyatt has a very, has a lower floor, which is why I don't think he's going to get in the first round. I think he'll be a day two pick. Um, but I think he has a really high ceiling. Like it's that floor ceiling discussion. So Mm -hmm. I think he is going to have some adjustment to the NFL game, but in a system where he doesn't need to be number one right away, I think he could probably have a lot of success and end up success and end up being a really good receiver. Yeah, I like him. Um, I was interested. So he averaged uh,
0: almost 19 yards a catch last year, 1,200 yards. As you said, he was an All-American Bolitnikoff Award winner. I was intrigued because for whatever it's worth, and I don't care what people rate it as, the NFL.com prospect database or whatever they do where they do their yep. little grading system, they have Hyatt as their highest graded receiver. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Um, and I thought the that Tennessee was
1: offense was really good last year. It I, was I, makes sense.
0: Now I'd like to get hooker. If we're going to get anybody, uh, that's yeah. my emergency uh, quarterback. Uh, you could, you could get them both. They actually have a Tillman, the other receiver. They have a few uh, Tillman, yep. offensive weapons that could make sense for the Patriots. Um, I like him as a potential second round pick. As you said, you just took Taquan Thornton last year. I don't know if you can take, um, Hyatt here and, and really validate it and make sense no. of it um because he is sort of a replication if not better version and and you, maybe you went too early um there's some other guys in here and I'm intrigued by some of the smaller guys I got a couple smaller guys on my list um Josh Downs out of North Carolina 59171 um ran a 448 slot I I think I mean 40 I think he's a day 2 slot option yep. um coming from that offense uh nfl.com again had him pretty highly ranked lot of good production over the last couple of years, like 200 catches um, in that offense. I think he's an interesting um, guy. I I put he's a poor man's Zay Flowers. Like if I don't go Zay Flowers in the first round.
1: You go Josh Downs late to early. Josh
0: Downs two, early three, somewhere in there. I like him. And the other one that intrigues me is um, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati.
1: Not the guy I thought you were going to. Okay. Uh, 5'10",
0: 177. Yep. And he's sort of a new to wide receiver. He's a high school running back. And I think he's only played receiver a couple of years. Um, yeah, he wears number 21. And it looks weird just like it did with Sky yeah. Moore last year. But in this new age NFL world of like weapons and Debo Samuel. Oh, I'm lining up in the backfield. I'm motioning, yeah. fake motion, jet motion. All of these things. Um, I think this guy has some upside. It would not surprise me if he's one of those better pros than college players. I think his best receiver or offensive weapon um days are ahead of him he ran a i'm trying to look four 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 in the 40 yard dash um certainly looks like he could be a guy i don't think he's done it but could be a returner because he looks like he could do the return job to me yeah um so those two guys josh downs and uh, tyler scott as maybe slot options on day two
1: yeah i like josh downs um Uh, Again, I'm having a hard time separating exactly how good Josh Downs is because he has a really good quarterback throwing him the football. But then again, talent at the NFL level will just be inherently better than the college level. So that might be to his benefit Uh, because Drake May was pretty frigging good. Uh, And so I I do think there's some potential there with Josh Downs. I agree. I project him more as a slot receiver. Um, He's explosive with the ball in his hands. Um, but I felt like he was getting thrown open a lot when I watched, but he has excellent positioning, which I did like. Tyler Scott, however, I thought was different. Um, playing for Cincinnati, I thought he felt very Sky Moore esque, not just being a number in the 20s, but just the way he plays. Again, I agree with you. The ability to kind of be a quote unquote weapon or an athlete, as you know, you would get scouted out of high school as, yep. um, he can play the kind of running back receiver type of type of deal and, and kind of work in those multiple offenses. You look at the Miamis, the San Francisco's, even a place like Kansas City. Um, Kansas City just lets a guy like Juju go. Sky Moore might take a step forward. Oh, might draft Tyler Scott here in the third round. That would make sense to me. Um, and uh, I, I think he has an ability to win downfield. Uh, he does get out-muscled a lot, and against bigger, stronger NFL corners, that could be an issue. But again, if he's not... You know, try, if you don't need him to be great right away from day one and he can kind of take his time and be a number three and, and work at it and learn an NFL system, he might surprise you. And I, I think that could be good.
0: I think San Francisco is a place to watch out for him. I could see Kyle Shanahan yeah. utilizing his skills, Weapon. working him into them. They already have plenty of weapons and working him in in spots and kind of building him up over the next year or two so that as things evolve for them, maybe he becomes an option. Um Another... I'm going to say the most intriguing guy at the wide receiver position. Say it, say it. Most intriguing. I don't know what I'm saying when I say most intriguing. Come on. Tank Dell. Yes, there he
1: is. Um, I thought that's who you were going to say instead of Tyler Scott. So now I'm excited to talk to times, Tank Dell.
0: Two times he's had 1,300 plus yards. He's five foot eight, 165 pounds. That is small. I yep. know that is small. Um, ran a four four nine forty. 940. Can return kicks, can return punts. He was a captain. Obviously, we've seen a guy from Houston – and Marcus Jones, that looks really good with the ball in his hands, a versatile athlete who's undersized but can make plays. Um, I don't know how high I'd go with Tank Dell, but I can tell you this. When Andy Hart for WEEI.com is watching training camp practices or preseason games, I'm pretty damn sure I would fall in love with Tank Dell.
1: I love Tank Dell. I love the way he plays. He really showed out at the Senior Bowl. People yep. were talking extremely highly of, the, of him there. Uh, if nothing else, he could make a good punt returner. Uh good good career in the NFL returning punts, unbelievably explosive and shifty, but not necessarily like amazing straight line speed. Like he's no. fast, but he's not right. gonna blow you away. Um, this might be an overreaction. I just I really like the player, but it reminds me of when you and I talked about Amon Ross St. Brown a couple years ago out of USC. Mm-hmm. Smaller, feels kind of only a slot guy, but just doesn't have this massive catch radius. But when you throw it to him, He makes, he makes the catch and he makes it, he makes a play. And, and I think that kind of translates from the college game to the NFL game. Uh, I think he is unbelievably good off the line of scrimmage, which he needs to be. It's, not you know Devontae Smith level's good off the line of scrimmage but at that size you have to be able to separate immediately off of press coverage and I think he can do that successfully.
0: So let me ask you a question cuz you're Mr. Analytics. Yep. I believe the number I saw attributed to him was 21 drops over the last 2 years according to your peeps
1: at PFF. Not great. Spots. Yeah, it look it's <laughs> not ideal. Again, I'm not uh <sighs> I can't can't defend it. It is what it is. I I like Tankdale. Again, this isn't, he's not a first round pick. In my opinion, he's a middle round three, early round four guy. Um, but if your team drafts him, there's a little hope to get excited because he might make a play for you, uh, in the, might make a, a couple plays for you in the future. Okay. Let's go
0: with another, uh, not too big, bigger than that, but not too big. Marvin Mims, Oklahoma. Um, 438, 40, 180. Um, I really liked the tape on him. He's a guy that I think he averaged almost 20 yards per catch in his career, makes big plays. He has late hands, consistent hands from what I saw, um, although I'd have to check my PFF numbers. They probably uh, <laughs> bitch slap him for a few uh, yeah, drops. Yeah, yeah. But um, I-, I like his overall makeup. And again, 5'11", it's only three inches, but that makes you like a real size of an NFL receiver, not five yep. 5'8". is like, whoa, that's really small. Yeah,
1: it's really small.
0: Um, and a four three eight forty is nothing to sneeze at. I, I think Mims is an intriguing guy too.
1: I agree. And it, it, you're coming from a power school like Oklahoma. You run a yep. f- sub four, four forty. You have a nearly 40 inch vert. Not quite. It's like 39 and a half. Um, I, I think there's a chance for a, a guy like Mims. I think he, he'd be late. I, I don't think he, uh, breaks out of routes as well as I would like, but again, as we talked about with guys like DK Metcalf, a guy like Jalen Hyatt, you can learn how to be better route running in the NFL. Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things you can teach. You, whereas you can't teach athleticism, right? You can't teach. So guys that come out of college that are just master route runners, but have nothing else tend to just fall by the wayside because they can't grow in other areas. Whereas the athletes, that's why you take swings on massive, just great athletes in those early rounds, because. As a coach, and if you're a, a good coach in the NFL, you're like, oh, I can teach him how to run better routes. Oh, I, I can teach him how to read and, and, and have better spatial awareness. Those things are teachable. And so um, I, I think with Mims, the athleticism is there. I know he's in like the uh, uh, like the top 10 kind of like athlete scores in the class. Um, so I, I think Mims would be worth a shot. Okay,
0: a guy that I didn't know much about that I want to throw at you because um... – Yep, we're podcasting in New England and we know in New England if there's one thing they like, they like their white slot receivers. There oh, um, go. Charlie Jones out of Purdue had a breakout season. He uh he transferred from Buffalo to Iowa and then from Iowa to Purdue and finally produced. 5'11, 175. He had 110 catches for 1361 yards this season. Punt return TD, kickoff return TD. Um Looks like a zone guy to me. I do like his hands. He's a guy that he has that, like, triangle fingertips, eyes on the ball. Like you mentioned, Rishay Caldwell. This dude focuses on the ball, and he catches the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good he is. I mean, he did run a 4-4-3-40, which, especially for somebody like me, is nothing to sneeze at. Um, I'm not sure he plays quite as fast as that. But uh, thoughts on Charlie Jones as the next great white hope in the slot in New England.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't do a ton of research on Charlie Jones. Very, very minimal. However, I agree with you. Doesn't feel like he plays at four, four, three speed. Um, he needs to have a better understanding of, again, breaking off routes, uh, especially for a guy that's going to play like the way he needs to play, especially at the NFL level. He's going to need a better understanding of of space and finding the weak spots in the zone. Um, this is another guy that I don't think, you know, I'm not, I don't he's think your guy. To, yeah. This is a he's day. Flyer. Is he better than Slade play. Bolden? Is he better than, yeah, you know, whoever he's worth, you want to, he's worth a fifth or sixth round pick. He's not going to go. I don't think he'll go undrafted. I think he's worth a shot, but if nothing else could probably be a contributor. Excuse me, Bless on special, you. On, thank you. On special teams. He's nothing to sneeze at. No, there you go
0: uh so i've been kind of carrying the conversation here i w- wanted to give you an opportunity as we start to wrap this up because it's already gone longer than i expected it would but it often does when you and i start talking football and draft prospects any uh, of any of the guys we didn't mention now we're not touching on everybody we know there's you know 50 60 draftable wide receiver prospects and we're going to touch on you know a dozen of them uh any guys you want to point out before we wrap up this six rings pod
1: you yeah, the last guy I wanted to mention was uh, Rache Rice at SMU. 96 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns in 12 games. And he had like 156 targets. The guy has some ridiculous kind of catch radius. I thought that was really good. Uh, again, plays at MSU, or SMU, if I could read. Uh, plays at SMU, but I mean, overall, he uh, I, I like him. I like the physicality. I like the ability there. Uh, I think there's some upside on like a late day two, early day three to uh, pick.
0: Yeah, I definitely think he has some upside. I wrote that. Now, some of the stuff I read in terms of scouting reports is there's a sort of inconsistency to his game, whether it's in-game or from game to game. And I always say... I think that's to be expected in on some level, like that's the difference between becoming a college player and a pro player. Like now it's your job. Now you do it eight hours a day, as you said earlier about the route running and different things. Those are the things where when you start talking to strength coaches, position coaches, teammates, what kind of guy is he? Is he going to work? Is he going to be the first one in and the last one out? And I think if, uh, Rice is one of those guys. I think he has some really good football ahead of him um, as a productive NFL receiver. Another ga- guy I want to uh, throw out there because it caught um, NFL.com and some of their scouting profiles does NFL comps. They throw a name out there. So this one stood out to me a little bit. A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Devontae Parker was his NFL comp. Um, which I found interesting. He had a couple thousand yard seasons at Wake Forest. Does have the size six foot four, 198 pounds. Definitely an outside guy. Definitely has production. Definitely can go up and get the football. And if you're looking, he has long, long arms. Now, he's a PFF drop guy. They had him down for 17 drops over the last couple of years, um, but definitely has the positive production to go with it. If you're looking for a bigger outside body, a younger Devontae Parker type, Um, I think you could do worse than A.T. Perry. I also didn't watch a lot of Wake Forest games. They run this weird play-action offense where they put the ball in the belly of the back out of, like, this pistol-gun formation, and then both guys literally walk together towards the line of scrimmage. And for some reason the defense doesn't seem to react cuz they feel like they know it's a pass. It's a very strange setup. I'd urge listeners to go back and watch some of the highlights from AT Perry, the Wake Forest offense and their slow developing play action game with the belly uh of the ball in the belly of the back. But no, I think he is um a second slash third day big body erratic hands right. is thrown around for him okay yeah everybody has erratic hands when you're unless you're at the top of the draft usually erratic hands are part of the equ- equation and focus yeah. drops um, but he's a guy that sort of intrigued me in that third tier maybe
1: yeah so another guy in that like lower tier i think that the that the- should probably get mentioned is Parker Washington out of Penn State. Yep, uh, shirt sophomore. He's we- like weirdly sized, five ten, but two hundred and twelve pounds. He's got some bulk to him. Built like, uh, me. yeah, he. <laughs> That's not I a mean, good thing for an NFL receiver. Yeah, but at the same time, he's broken thirty-one tackles on one hundred and ten catches. Like, he's really good at the catch point. He wins over fifty percent of his balls in the air. Uh, more like sixty-ish percent of them. Uh, Like this is a guy, he's good at run blocking. This is a guy I feel like Belichick would take in like the sixth round and be like, Ooh, I love the way he run blocks. You'll get snaps because you run block. You may not catch, you may catch one or two passes, but you'll get snaps because you can run block and you're, you're a good, like, I mean, little Jordan Humphreys was getting a million snaps last year just because he could block. Yep. So I, I think a guy like Parker Washington for a coach like Belichick would make sense.
0: Uh, A couple other names I'd like to throw out there. Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State, 6'2", 203. Um, Decent uh, three-cone drill. Had 100 catches this past year if you like production, although a 10 yards per catch is sort of a possession-type receiver. Um, Not a big play guy. I kind of liked him more than it seems like the scouting reports and the rankings like Mm -hmm. him, so I wouldn't rule him out. And then Jaden Reed out of Michigan State um, was a guy that I kind of – 5'11", 187. Um, I think he's just a middle-of-the-pack guy, but given his versatility, based on everything, he moved all around their offense, all the various receiver positions, also returns punts, also returns kicks, one of those latter round, hey, let's see, he seems like an athlete, he's versatile, maybe he ends up being a jack-of-all-trades depth guy on a receiving course. So, uh, There's also Jayden some Reed.
1: buzz around him coming out of the senior bowl and stuff, uh, people seem to like him a lot.
0: Okay, so that is going to put a wraps on the first ever six rings and prospect things Woo. wide receiver podcast and I just before we go, I need one name we do this every year one name at the position of the day mm-hmm. who will be a patriot so give me your one name
1: uh, I want to say Tank Dell, but because they have Marcus Jones, I don't think Belichick will go with that route I'll go with um I'll go with Parker Washington out of Penn State. I'm going to play to the home crowd. Zay Flowers
0: is your next superstar receiver in New England. You're going to love him. He's a local boy, BC, right down the road, drive on down, make plays at Gillette Stadium instead of the Heights. So I'm going Zay Flowers.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, unfortunately, it's tough because I just don't know that the Patriots will draft a receiver.
0: Don't be a wet blanket. I'm going to pretend not... today, because we're doing receivers, that receiver is the position they're going to draft in the first round. When we get to cornerback, I'm going to pretend cornerback is the position. Right, gonna... fair enough. I'm going to do bad. it with every bad damn position I mean. as we bad make our way I mean. through. Okay. So over the next month, as I said, Chris, Shime Time Shime from the Greg Hill Show in the morning, and me, Jumbo Andy Hart, will be here to break down every position the Patriots could draft, heading up into late April's big draft. Big draft for the Patriots as they look to supplement, complement, and augment what they are doing in free agency. Wide receivers is done. Next up, we're going to stick with marquee positions, positions of big need, maybe the biggest position of need right now, in my opinion, the cornerback spot, where there are plenty of talented players that could be available again at number 14 overall. For Chris Scheim, I'm Andy Hart, and this has been the first ever six rings and prospect things podcast if you want to join the conversation you can join us on twitter at six rings pod you got a question got a name you want to throw out there for us whatever it may be we'll respond in kind if needed and we'll talk to you next episode see ya ya.